So for all of you who've just arrived, um, we are going to begin by singing and then we'll go back to having a conversation and then more music. So to Kate. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for coming this afternoon. It's an awfully beautiful afternoon to be inside, but I'm glad we're all here together. Um, it's an honor for me to talk to you about the Threshold Choir and since um, we could be a Threshold Choir, those of us in this room right now, um, I'd like to start by singing because that, once we know a song in common, then we're tribe. The words are simple. The blessing is now. <clears throat> I'll sing a line, you sing it back to me. Hello. The blessing is now. Now your turn. The blessing is now. 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 Now that's the whole song. Now we go back to the beginning. The blessing is now. The blessing is now. The blessing is now. The blessing is now. One more time. The blessing is now. Every time a choir gets together, we send prayers to people who might not be in the room. And we sing a song by Melanie Damore called Sending You Light. Um, again, I'll sing a line, you sing it back to me. <clears throat> I am sending you light. I am sending you light to heal you, to hold you. To heal you, to hold you, 
am sending you light. I am sending you light to hold you in love. To hold you in love. From the top. And don't worry about learning it fast. Let all the rest of us sing it for you and feel yourself be carried along. I am sending you light to heal you, to hold you. I am sending you light to hold you in love. If there are any harmonizers in the room, now is a good time. I am sending you light to heal you, to hold you. I am sending you light to hold you in love. You sound beautiful. Would you sing half that loud? I am sending While we sing it one more time, think about the people that you'd like to send this prayer to. Hold them in your heart. I am sending you Beautiful. Kate Munger, welcome to the New School. Thank you. I'm we're, delighted to be here. We're grateful to have you here and your colleagues and friends from the Threshold Choir. Um, Kate and I are going to just spend a short amount of time talking because I think we're mostly here for the experience of what you bring and the beauty of the music that you've just begun to share with us. So thank you. Um, wanted to ask you a few questions just about your own your own journey and how you began the threshold choirs which are now around are there some hundred around the country is that right international international that's just clearly something whose time has come and that has great meaning for so many of us so tell us a little bit about it if you would I will. Um, it started, uh, my first experience with singing at Bedsides happened 22 years ago. Um, I was filling in a volunteer slot for a friend of mine who was dying of HIV AIDS. And all morning I did chores. And when the chores were done, I sat down at his bedside and was panicked. Mm. I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. He was comatose and he was agitated. And I had no idea what what would help, what would what would, and how I would spend the afternoon. 
And so I did what I did at that time when I was terrified, which is to sing the song that gives me courage. And I sang that song for two and a half hours, over and over and over. And as I got calmer, he got calmer. Mm -hmm. And as he got calmer, I got calmer. <laughs> and at the end of the afternoon, I felt like I had given him the best gift I could possibly give him. And I had been given a tremendous gift myself by the experience. At that time, I had been leading community singing in my community for a number of years, so I had a lot of um, contacts with people who sang, so that's where I started. Mm -hmm. And uh, in March 21st of the year 2000, I started the first two threshold choirs, one in the East Bay and one in Marin. And for three years, two more choirs started every six months. And then, then it took off. And oh now probably 10 choirs start every, uh, every year. Um, you have told the story of your friend Larry, mm -hmm. who, who died or was dying. He, he died, was comatose. Yes. You said you sang to him the song that gave you courage. What was that song? It's called um, Hello Moon. Hmm. And it's by Gail Vale. And um, I'll sing you the chorus. Please. Um, I'll sing you the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> there's a moon, there's a star in the sky, there's a cloud, there's a tear in my eye, there's a light, there's a night that is long, there's a friend, there's a pain that is gone. Long are we waiting, awakening. Long are we singing this song. Long are we waiting, awakening. Long are we singing this song. That is beautiful. Thank you. The thing I want you to know is I don't have a fancy voice, and that's the kind of voice we want to bring to bedsides. Mm -hmm. Great huge vibratos are not, are not that comforting. You know, we, these are lullabies for the other end of life, and um, plain, plain, sweet voices are what's called for. Well, and clear. Mm -hmm. There's something really magical in the clarity mm -hmm. of, of your voice and the words of the song <clears throat> and how that comes together. And I suspect that will be a part of what we'll experience with this, this chair that's mm -hmm. sitting before us, which we will talk about before the end of our, our afternoon together. We call it sacred patio furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you're a social entrepreneur. I wonder what's coming next. I'm, I'm taken by the, the way you describe how you come to work with someone or be with someone. You say you're invited to the bedside. Talk about that invitation, if you will, how that comes to you. Most, most of our clients come from connections from choir members. Those mm -hmm. are the most accurate mm -hmm. uh, descriptions of our work, but we also have very productive relationships with hospice with rehab hospitals, with hospitals, with um, cancer, cancer centers. Mm -hmm. um, we do wait for the invitation. 
Um, we don't uh, we don't push our service because we know that this would not be this is not what everybody is going to want. When I started this work, I thought half the population might like to be sung to, and <laughs> I don't think that was an accurate assessment. This is very intimate work, and mm -hmm. it is. to be invited um, is part of that contract. It's part of that interaction where somebody says, somebody acknowledges this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And... Um, for all of us to be here in this room and for choir members to join the choir, um, we have to acknowledge the authority of death. And we're, we're not very, um, there are not very many of us these days in America who are willing to say, yes, I am going to die. And I intend to live my life reflecting that truth. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to wait for the invitation. And you, you also, not only at someone's deathbed, but also you said, even with the packets of tissues you have, that you're honoring grief. And I know you sing for people who are grieving, too. Mm -hmm. And I, I take it that <coughs> invitation is equally intimate, but in a different way. Yeah, I think our culture is, has gotten a divorce from grief. And I think we're lacrimophobic. I think we're terrified <laughs> of tears. I never heard that word. I made it up. Ah, <laughs> that might be why. <laughs> but I think it's a good word. You know, you imagine yeah. somebody tearing up, and what do they say? I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Excuse me. And... Um, Hmm. I think part of the Threshold Choir's job is to normalize and honor grief simultaneously because we're, we let TV people um, do our grieving for us too often or we grieve in, in absolute private. Um, and I, I don't feel that you can hold back tears when you're singing. I think it's it's very hard to be inauthentic about your feelings mm -hmm. when you're actually singing. And how do you, as a, as a vocalist, as a singer, how do you work with your own emotions? And, and all of you, too, from the <coughs> choir. I know it's, it, it's hard to sing mm -hmm. when you're crying. And yet there, there's also a sweetness mm -hmm. to, to that as well. We work very hard in rehearsal to work on our stuff about death, how death has impacted our lives. Um, and then when we get to a bedside, if a discreet tear trickles down our cheek, that's wonderful. Great heaving sobs, nah, not so much. <laughs> yeah. So it's practice. Mm -hmm. It's practice and it's knowing that those of us that choose to do this work choose the the kind of control and the kind of um, making ourselves available for this work that entails mm -hmm. a certain kind of uh, not rigidity but um, this is me that's you. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting tension mm -hmm. between allowing someone else to release their grief exactly and fear and whatever else might be present in the room exactly. and bearing witness to that without joining into 
that that depth of emotion. And you, you hit it right on the head. Mm-hmm. And and yet, I can imagine that the very depths of you are moved as you as you sing. Yeah, we often get asked to sing for people who are at the ends of long, productive lives, and often the family might say. Um, this isn't such a sad experience. Mm-hmm. We're actually celebrating. Do you have anything a little more upbeat? So we do you? Oh, of course. Okay. Of course. Well, we might have to do a few. Of those Absolutely. Too. I mean, just so we can experience the breadth of emotion mm-hmm. that's here. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the people who are drawn to sing in the Threshold Choir. And again, for those of you who are new here, we have five. The six people that you brought with you. Who let members. me introduce them. Please do. Um, before we even go there, uh, Susie Bobzine and Therese Fisher from Napa, Jane Chaudhary and Karen Detour from San Rafael, and Tracy Bruce and Kathy Marr from Napa again. So big, big thanks to the Napins, Napkins who came <laughs> came quite far to be with us today. So often vocalists sit based on the part they sing, and here we sit geographically. Is that part of that? <laughs> It was accidental. (laughs) And I'm going to make sure to give them time to um, share when things come up. Good. Um, Good. But I would like to answer your question about who 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 does this work, Mm -hmm. who comes. Um, We're mostly women, not exclusively. It's about 0.3% men. Pretty exclusive, almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, Most of us have had a singing experience in our lives before we came to this that was powerful and for which we're tremendously grateful and this is the best way to give back. Um, Most of us are middle class, um, half working, half retired, um, I'm looking at my newest precious um, gizmo that I bought, and I know I'm upper middle class when I bought a $30 water bottle. <laughs> so um, the choir is actually focused on serving two populations. Those of us who know this is our work to do and who are looking for more meaning in our lives and community that's based on shared values, and then the people that have called on us to sing. Most everybody that has joined the choir feels a shiver when they hear about our work, and it's a visceral response, and they absolutely know that's what Mm -hmm. they're there for. And they've been waiting for it all their lives. A lot of people sang for a loved one at a certain point, and they thought they were the only one doing this. So to find a community of people that are doing it mm-hmm. is really powerful. And the community, uh, you know, I founded it, but the community is growing it. Um, and as I become more of a grandmother and less of a creative director um, and choir founder, I'm learning that the community is making the decisions, making the, the discoveries about this work. So I'm, I'm completely uh, aware that it's, it's, a, it's a shared creation. 
Mm -hmm. um, they all know that I've been making it up as I go along. And I haven't ever lied about that or pretended it was otherwise. So they all feel um, welcome to help make decisions and help create new ways of doing things. And we're always discovering new ways, refinements, uh, ways to offer the very best that we can at a bedside. And when you say we, are you including in that the community that is spread now around the world? Do you go and visit with the other choirs and listen to them and be a part of what they do? I visit. I, we give regional gatherings, um, mm -hmm. 10 a year, nice. all over the U.S., and whenever I can get out of the country as well. Um, I learn from them, so then I share new practices with other choirs. Um, Choir members have written half of our repertoire. Uh, our repertoire is over 400 songs, and choir members have written 200 of them. We have two recordings. Choir members did all the, the recording, the singing on the recordings. Um, yeah, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a worldwide community linked by a brand new website that I'm very, very proud of, and I hope you'll all visit. It's thresholdchoir.org. Um, it has a, a expansive public side and an even more expansive member side um, that you won't see, but that really helps all choir members everywhere learn songs, connect with one another. Mm -hmm. Is the music actually recorded on the site, mm -hmm. and so that the members can learn it? Mm -hmm. And the is it the written music as well, or the recorded music? So you have the sheet music, so people can can learn from that. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And then people add to that library on Constantly. a continual basis. <laughs> so it is. It's a virtual community in a mm -hmm. sense, although it's also a very physical community. I mean, in the best of both of those. Well, and I knew when I started this work that the Internet would be a, an integral partner. Mm -hmm. That um, I initially thought this would be work. Uh, my goal was 500 singers in the Bay Area in five years. I had no idea that it would go across the United States, okay. much less across the world. Um, but we couldn't have grown in this way without the Internet. Right. Well, and also without there being a call, an invitation from cultures, mm -hmm. from communities, and from individuals to do this work. Yes, and not only that, but cultures that haven't forgotten how to do this mm -hmm. work all over the planet. And I, I try to take choir members to those places so that we can witness the cultures that haven't forgotten to sing to their elders, dying members, babies. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Tell us a few stories, if you would. Well, <clears throat> I, I've started, uh, you know, I had all, all kinds of wild dreams about taking choir members to the singing cultures, Cuba, mm -hmm. Ireland, Wales, Estonia, mm -hmm. Botswana. And Bali raised its uh, arm and said, come visit me first. Mm -hmm. So I've been to Bali now six times, um, immersing myself and the choir members that go with me in the culture where everyone's an artist, everyone is connected to spirit, and they live it, mm -hmm. they live both relationships Constantly, every day. Mm. And have you been to Cuba as well? I have not, okay. not yet. The, the places list. we've been are Bali, Thailand, where we apologize uh -huh. to and sing to the elephants. 
and uh, we went to Montserrat, a beautiful... Um, the island of Montserrat? No, okay, no, Montserrat near Barcelona, Saint. Spain, <laughs> where Jews, Christians, and Muslims worship together safely and as friends in the 11th century. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a Black Madonna, ancient goddess site, then Black Madonna worshiping site. And we went in prayer that Jews, Christians, and Muslims would start behaving themselves again. Mm. And uh, we're able to sing in the Basilica four times. And it's an extraordinary place. Don't miss it. Quite moving. And when you mentioned singing to the elephants, and then I want to go back a little bit to the, the, the peacemaking and community gathering aspect that you just talked to. But you, you mentioned on your website that you stop for animals that have been injured along the way and sing to them. I do. I sang for two deer yesterday and had a profound uh, new awareness that whenever we honor death and, gr- and or grief, sacred, sacredness is created. Because mm-hmm. I felt even, as though I was, even though I was driving 40 miles an hour down Lucas Valley Road, something sacred was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I do. I, I don't sing for skunks and possums. Is that wrong? <laughs> oh, we're not here to pass judgment. Okay, good. Okay, good. I do think it's time to sing again. All right, but one more question, because sure. I do want to pick up on your, your journey to Montserrat. Sure. Um, and the, just the elements of bringing music into the, the healing of ourselves individually, but then the healing of deep rifts between cultures, between religions, between peoples. Can you say a few words about oh, that before we I can say more sing? than a few words about that. <laughs> um, and could I quote um, Dr. Remen, um, who says, oh dear, is it here? Did I bring it? Um, Talking about healing, uh, she has a wonderful quote about um, healing is not curing, but it's, st- it's removing everything that isn't absolutely essential and getting down to the essence of someone. Mm. I really like, I like her uh, definition of that. Um, in Estonia, if, they, if they're having a, a high-level meeting of uh, diplomats or politicians and they're not getting to agreement, they stop and sing. Can you imagine that happening in our Senate? Uh, No. (laughs) But perhaps. I mean, we can always hold out hope. Yeah, I just think there are certain aspects of being human and singing being primarily, you know, a, a strong one, mm-hmm. that if we all did it with the kind of lack of ego and lack of attachment to perfection, we would, we would really change our world in, an, in a deep way. You know, I think as a culture, we started giving away our ability to let everyone sing. And I think it happened right around Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. 
right around the late 40s, early 50s, we said, okay, I'm not such a good singer. I'm going to let, I'm going to pay Frank well to sing on my behalf. And we've, we've gone down a, a bad road in that regard. You know, we, as a, as a culture, we don't consider ourselves artists or singers or, um, brave in that regard um, as much as we did 50, 60 years ago. And yet we encourage our children to sing, whether they can sing on key or not. Usually they don't when they're so small. Right. And we find it beautiful. Right. And why is it that we don't allow ourselves that same sort of clear, pure joy that we, we see in our children? Mm-hmm. I strive for approximation in just about everything I do, mm. and it really helps um, smooth that, that groove. So, more music? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's sing Standing Stone. It's by Melanie Damore, and um, I'll teach you the tune, and the choir can sing the harmony parts. And this song is useful uh, when and I know all of you have been there, there is absolutely nothing to do for someone who is struggling. Uh, you don't want to bring a meatloaf. You don't want to um, write a card with a, you know, sappy words. There's, there's just nothing to do but to stand in your strength for that person and love them from wherever you are. <clears throat> so it's nice to have a song for this opportunity. <clears throat> and the tune goes, and I'll sing the whole thing through, and then I'll come back and teach it line by line. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will stand by you from the beginning. I will be I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I
it's also really important for me to say, in a room full of 30 people, I'm not surprised that we sound as good as we do. I was thinking that too, that there's a real clarity. There are clearly some vocalists in the room as well, but just. Well, there are eight the ringers, sound. six ringers, but. Yeah, well, that, that helps. Mm -hmm. But also the acoustics. I'm not sure how much we've really sung in this room, but the acoustics here sound pretty good to me. They do. I'm, I'm pleased, but the voices mm -hmm. and the music itself. How simple. I mean, when you said you were going to sing the song through, I was thinking, you know, <laughs> 10 lines. At least, or more. and, and Repetition uh, is really important. Mm -hmm. And just the beauty. And I don't know what to call it musically, but I've noticed on the, some of the different songs that you've sung so far that the lines, at least the early lines, before the last line of the song, ends going up or ends with an openness mm -hmm. of the note mm -hmm. before closing at the end. It's almost like, it feels like an invitation to me. Well, look for at your hands. come into the music. Uh -huh. Kind of a chalice or yes. a, a bowl. Makes so tell sense. me what you call, what, what, what well, is Well, I that? don't know. But, okay. uh, but, but there is uh, a simplicity about our songs. The repetition is important. Mm -hmm. Simple words are important. Um, songs that are kind of open enough so that it's not terribly specific, um, so that anybody could attach their situation and attach meaning to it. But I'm not exactly sure. Can anybody uh, help me with her description and uh, musically what that meant? A lot of times it feels like we're, there's a little bit of a dissonance going on, and then there's always at the at the end, whether it's the very last note or the last line, the resolution. Dissonance. Yeah, it comes together. We mm -hmm. all, all the, either all the notes meet, or you know, the word just rounds out together. Yeah, thank you, Susie. I, th you I think that was exactly right. So tell us a few stories. Tell us some of the most touching places you've been. Uh, the, f the first story um, happened in Oakland. Um, the father is a percussionist. The baby was 17 days old. She lived to 31 days. Mm -hmm. The family knew that she wouldn't survive. They asked us to come. We um, rehearsed all of our songs in Spanish at the time and sat in a circle with the family, uh, grandmothers, grandfathers, and the mother and father around this tiny, tiny baby in a bassinet. And the family wept, and it was, it was very difficult until Dad said, would you sing something for the baby's grandmother? She's Irish. And uh, we had just learned a song written by Maria Culberson called From My Heart to Yours. And the last line is, may you find all the love that you needed was here. And that made such a difference to the family. Mm -hmm. They stopped counting their baby's days and hours. They started measuring love received and love given. Mm -hmm. And it really made a huge difference for mm -hmm. them. I just saw mom and dad and the two subsequent children 
that have been born. And mom is writing a book about honoring the life of a baby that has died in a family. And I, th I think it's going to be powerful. Mm. And that's, that's one of my favorite pictures of how profound it can be to offer this to a family. Well, and I think, uh, I was thinking earlier that it must be particularly difficult when you're singing for children. Um, although I'm imagining that it is more difficult for the child's family than for the child herself or himself. Yeah. Yeah, you want to be able to sing for people at the ends of nice, long, uh -huh. productive lives. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, we have a current bedside for a 93-year-old woman named Virginia, whom we met first at our 10th anniversary celebration in Oakland. And Virginia uh, became a friend of the choir and had spent 50 years as um, a nurse at Oakland Children's Hospital. And her specialty was holding the babies and putting them to sleep. And... Uh, she yeah. had a song that she sang mm. to the babies. And um, so we're able to sing that song back to her. She's in, in a facility with physical problems right now. And I uh, joined a group in the East Bay singing for her last week. And it's, it's mm. lovely to sing her song right back to her. Mm. Mm. Don't cry, baby. How's it go? Don't cry, baby. Give me a smile. Your mama will be here in a little while. Don't cry, baby. I love you so. Let's go to sleep. Let's go. Oh, what a beautiful lullaby. <laughs> it is. It's a very beautiful lullaby. Hello. No problem. Come on in. So, so tell us a little bit about your upscale patio furniture. Is that what you called it? <coughs> Sacred. Sacred patio furniture. That's Sorry. way upscale. Way, yeah. Dif different scale altogether. What I altogether. think I'd like to do is um, change the way we're operating a little bit and give some of you the experience of being sung to. Um, because it's really different than you can possibly imagine even though I imagine you can imagine it. <laughs> um, and what I want to say about these quilts, um, the top one I was just given by Rainbow Hospice in Chicago, Illinois. They have um, a thousand hospice clients every year and each one gets a quilt. And then they have a closet filled with extras because they have so many people that quilt and um, I was so honored to be among, at this corporation that was so sensitive to what people need when they're struggling that they make these quilts personally for people. Um, and it also reminded me that what this represents and what our singing represents is women's work. And it thrills me and touches me really deeply that we're, el we're, we're bringing back the sacred nature of women's work and doing it every day. 
So, I would like to ask someone to come and sit in this chair and be sung to. Karen, I'm going to volunteer you if you don't mind. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being willing to do this. So put your feet on the bar and push a tiny bit with your ankles. There you go. Oh, I like it already. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'm going to ask two other choir members to join me. Um, We're going to sing a song that Karen and I co-wrote together. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This chair that Karen's in, we use in rehearsals. That's perfect. That's perfect. But these little chairs that Therese and Jane are sitting on, we do bring with us because we like to be able to sit, to walk right into a room, pull our chairs out and sit down. We don't like to move furniture and disturb everything. Um, so we carry our own chairs. And we try to get as close as possible to the person we're singing for. Most beds, the person would be a little bit higher. So this is a little higher than usual. Um, I'll start. So many angels all around me. So many angels. It's you I see. So many angels gathered around. So many angels, it's you I found. So many angels all around me so many angels is you I see so many angels gathered Oh, man. 
I am healed in that moment. You're welcome. I think we all need this. No matter who we are or what's up, we all need this. This bath. It's a bath of love. I think we're going to find, and I'm hoping it's by, the, by my end of my life, that the human voice has a profound effect on our bodies. I, I think we're suspicious that that's true, but I don't think we know how strong of, a, of an effect it can have. I think it's going to really blow our minds when we find out. I'm hoping. <laughs> Would you sing another? Sure. If you are willing to stay with us. Sure. Or <laughs> I, w I would love to give anybody that wants an opportunity mm -hmm. um, that opportunity. But since you're here, you'd like it? Okay, good. <clears throat> Stay. We'll sing another. If you know. <clears throat> okay, I'll know what we're going to sing when it comes out of my mouth. <laughs> my grateful heart, so filled with years of living. Memories flow by me like petals on a stream. My grateful heart forgives so many sorrows, brings peace that lasts forever. Illuminates the dream, my grateful heart, so filled with years of living, memories flow by me. My grateful heart forgives so many sorrows, brings peace that lasts forever. So filled with fear 
years of living, memories flow by me like petals on a stream. My grateful heart forgives so many sorrows, brings peace that lasts forever. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. <laughs> the thing about this service, as maybe you've just seen, is that it's, it's pleasurable for us. It heals us, the singers, long before the sound leaves our bodies and goes to the, the recipient. And this is a really different kind of service. I grew up <clears throat> in the martyrdom school of service where <laughs> if it didn't hurt, you weren't giving enough. <clears throat> and this isn't that. This is, it's, it's incredibly healing for me to do this work and we happen to be at the same, you know, interacting with these same vibrations together and it heals both of us all at the same time. All, all of us all at the same time. And I, to me, that's revolutionary. It's radical in the roots system, uh, roots sense of how how service and how healing should be. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. yes. Come on over. Thank you. Eternal light surround you. Everlasting arms be around you. Know that love has bound you to our hearts. Know that love has bound you to our hearts. May eternal light surround you. Everlasting arms be around you. Know that love has bound you to our hearts. Know that love has bound you to our hearts. May eternal light surround you. Everlasting arms be around you. Know that love has bound you to our hearts. Know that love has bound you to our hearts.
Sometimes there aren't words for an experience like that. But if there are, do you have any that you want to share? Well, it's... It's interesting because I, I came here to be with a friend who's quite ill. And we are old, old dear friends and things weren't going. Right, and when I was listening to you singing to someone else, or just the whole experience of you singing at times, I, I, I almost felt more than <laughs> having you sing to me, which I, I, I don't know what you know that is. It's like, I, I think it's still that voice in me saying, I should have done better. Mm. I mm. Mm. do better. Mm. So I, I do hear that. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to take you wherever it is that you went. And people do seem to go somewhere pretty specific when we sing. Um, and we like to make sure that they're ready to come back. We don't hustle them back at all when we're singing. Um, and there's two points that I want to make. One is I'm hoping that song shows us what it's like when we die. My theory is that um, when we take, take bodies, we make a contract that says, when we have bodies, we can't know what, what lies after we die. That's the exchange. And a lot of people renege on that contract <laughs> in, our, in our world. Um, but to me, um, I'm hoping that a song and that the act of singing it is showing us at least the direction of what we might find. And it's really important to us that... Uh, People who might have a deep spiritual tradition but not a religious one get sung to. Communities of faith pretty much um, do, the, do the pastoral counseling uh, piece. But there are a lot of people in this world who are dying alone um, who are deeply spiritual but not necessarily religious. And I think it's really important to honor that. And we, we really try to do that with our, with our lyrics. We don't um, push anybody in any direction one way or another in terms of religion. Um, a couple of statistics that really blow my mind. Um, one in four people in the U.S. have no one that they are intimate with on a day-to-day -day basis. One in four people mm. in the U.S. have one person that they are intimate with and share with on a day-to-day -day basis. So that means 50% of the population are isolated. 
utterly isolated, really. I mean, if, can you imagine having one person that you share with on a deep level? So we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Susie. So one, one more person. Can we do we should we do one more? Please do. Okay, good. Would anyone else like to? Nope. Are you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Step right up. First come, first serve. This chair doesn't go begging for very long. Okay. Well, if no one else will, I will. <laughs> I, I saw you. Uh, Thank I you, just, Susan. You're good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but I'm seeing you, Marion. <laughs> yeah, it's an honor to bring this kind of song to a place that has been so important to people living with cancer. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you very much for being here with us. But more of that to come. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by really is lovely and it really does transport <coughs> you know takes you to a, a place and I imagine that place is different for each soul mm -hmm. that that you end up singing with but you mentioned earlier too that it's like being bathed and it, it does it feels like floating in a, a slow moving river of beautiful sound and it's quite 
It's very nice. And so I'm not leaving. <laughs> I want to sing one more song for you. Okay. Um, to, give, to give you the experience that any song sung in this way uh, can work. Um, and, and what I think is important about our singing is we're, we're, we're spending as much time listening to each other and as many calories listening to each other as we are singing. And so it, it makes our voices together have a blend that creates some kind of magic. And I'm, I'm waiting for the words to come to describe that magic. Um, and I don't know yet. They haven't come yet. Blend is a very difficult thing to talk about. But it's, to me, it's deeply spiritual. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I'm going to sing a terribly banal song in this way. And I invite any of you to join me softly. Not Mick Jagger. No. Okay. <laughs> Who's the leader of the band that's made for you and me? Maybe I chose the wrong one. M-I-C <laughs> Sorry. I mean, at first, of course, like yeah. it's funny, and then, but you're right. The the words and even what memory the song might hold are irrelevant mm -hmm. after a point. Life is but a dream. Jack Cornfield does that for new babies. We sing. We all sing. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. It is. Nice. Does anyone else want to take this opportunity? Like Yanni said, there are probably people in the room who would love to. It, it's quite nice. Um, let's take some questions and then do a couple more at the very, very end, good. yeah? Please. Do you need to have funding for all of this? And if so... How do you do that? You know, well, the travelers. We should have had funding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, operate by the KQED uh, bad business model, which is give, them, give, it, give it away and then ask for donations. 
Um, Spirit wants this work done. Um, while it was a sole proprietorship, um, there was no doubt in my mind that this is what I was supposed to do, and I spent every waking moment doing it. Um, now that it's a 501c3 and I'm an employee, I still do the same. It's not as financially um, satisfying, and I am every day waking up and saying, I'm ready for the MacArthur Genius Award. <laughs> and if any of you are in this room a secret nominator, I am ready. So thank you for asking that question. <laughs> But who? I mean, who do you nominate to? Let's talk. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, people have been incredibly generous. We don't charge for our services, um, and we're clear that we're willing to accept donations for our ongoing expenses. Um, Edith gave us $3,000 for our first recording called Listening at the Threshold. And Edith uh, was sung to as she died by Malvina Reynolds' daughter, Nancy Schimmel. And that gave Edith such shape to her life. She was a lifelong social activist. And that Malvina's daughter sang to her, made her, it, it gave her the most beautiful and precious death. And so she left us the money for our first recording and then a family honoring their mother from La Crosse, Wisconsin, gave us uh, significantly more for our second recording called Tenderly Rain, <laughs> Songs of Gratitude, Remembrance, and Keeping Watch. Wow. So how do we get your CD and give you You some ask for it, <laughs> and I hand it to you. Okay. I brought... Um, a few copies, and I'm happy to give them as gifts. And if donations arrive, thank you so much. Um, um, we're, we're heading into a fundraising move, because I want to leave this organization completely set up so that this continues long beyond my lifetime. Mm -hmm. thank, if anybody has any fundraising ideas, don't hesitate to speak to me. Yes. I have a question about the logistics, how this happened. Uh -huh. Do you consider a choir of three people? How many people turn up? How does this all get? Thank you. A choir is more than three people. Um, it's usually 15 to 30 in a, in a geographical area. So close to here, there's Marin Threshold Choir, there's Napa Threshold Choir, there's Glen Ellen. There's um, San Francisco, Palo Alto, San Jose, Santa Cruz. There's uh, North Bay. There's East Bay. Now there's Diablo Valley. So those are the, the choirs in the immediate area. And we gather together twice a month to learn the material in rehearsal and to use this chair the way you've just seen it used so that each of us has been in the chair mm -hmm. a number of times. And then uh, when a call comes in to go to a bedside, uh, usually if someone is imminently dying, then the same team will go regularly as many times as is wanted by the family. If the person isn't imminently dying, and when do you ever know? 
all of this. A lot of it is um, educated intuition. Um, then different people might go on a regular basis. Some of our choirs are have a special and uh, what's that word? It begins with a P. Proprietary relationship with some hospices. And uh, so a choir will go on a regular day and see all of the hospice patients for that particular facility. Most of us, most of the choirs are independent of any other organization and go when the call comes. We sing for 20 to 40 minutes. Um, a session would look not unlike what you saw here. We might sing eight, nine more songs with big chunks of silence in between. Mm -hmm. Yes? You're, um, you're in Point I live in Inverness. Inverness, close enough. Um, you know about the, the gold coins? I do. And you know that, that the that the money generated from those gold, gold coins goes to a 501c3? The Community Foundation. But, I mean, so if people, I don't know how many people know about the gold coins, but you buy $75 worth of gold coins, you can pay for whatever you want and point raise, and then when you when the, when the bucket is empty, you, you give it to the nonprofit of your choice, and they get $40. Great. So it doesn't cost you, it doesn't, you know, if I buy them, it doesn't cost me anything, and I can give you $40. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank cool. you. Very Thank cool. you. And I think they accept them in Bellinas, and hopefully they yes. accept them at the Healing Arts Center. <laughs> Thank you. Did you have a question? It's related to the to the other one. When you sing it at, um, at the bedside of someone, how many people usually are there? Two to four. Yeah. So oh. the, what we saw here is very typical. Oh. Yeah, we don't go in big groups. Oh, so the twelve don't go. Yeah. No. no. That would be overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I saw your hand up. And is it just for people who are dying as opposed to people going through cancer treatments or healing? No, it's for anybody who asks us. Uh, mm -hmm. Our actual PR says we sing at the bedsides of people who are dying in coma and newborns and with people who are grieving and women who are incarcerated. And I'm about to add something new. You heard it here first. Um, you know, the Justice Department is uh, reopening many uh, cases of people that were incarcerated for crimes that now we're going to find out they were innocent of. I'd like to p position the Threshold Choir outside the gates of San Quentin to sing as these people return. Mm -hmm. So you sing at passages? At all passages, and I, I haven't missed a, a death penalty execution at San Quentin in the last 15 years, and I sing every, they've been three. Um. Mm -hmm. Does the group as a whole sing in other places? I know I've seen a lovely video where the group was singing together. Uh, we've sung for the Healing Journeys Conference. That mm -hmm. was a tremendous experience. There were 80 of us from 16 choirs at Masonic Auditorium in San Francisco for the Healing Journeys Conference for people living with cancer and their families and caregivers. Mm -hmm. It was so thrilling to sing there. Um, I have to just tell you how we did it. It was brilliant. 
uh, all 80 of us were in the audience, and I stood up and started singing. This was just after lunch, the first thing after lunch. I sang, may I be a instrument of peace. May I be an instrument of peace. And all 80 of my mates stood up and sang this song as we streamed to the center of the room. I'm getting goosebumps describing it. And when we were all in place, we sang it as a round. And then we sang three or four songs. And then at the agreed on signal, we melted back to our seats <laughs> singing. It was so cool. I highly recommend it as, <laughs> as musical theater and, and musical heart theater because it said, we are from you, we're going back to you. Mm. It was really cool. And the organizers knew you were doing this? They knew we were doing something. Uh. <laughs> yes, uh, Jane. I want to thank you for the years you came down through sometimes through pretty impressive winter storms wow, to yes. our little tiny threshold choir in Bolinas. And I want to tell you that to this day, um, not only do we occasionally get called, the, the word will go out, mm -hmm. even though we haven't practiced together for a while, mm -hmm. we'll be there. And it's uh, expanded to singing at memorial services. Perfect. Great. You know, that's, I think singing at memorial services is a very important uh, act because it really helps people be present with grief. And often, you know, we go to these memorial services steeled to keep it together. You know, there's some value in keeping it together. And like I said earlier, you kind of can't do that when you're all singing and uh, I, thank, I thank John Newton for having written Amazing Grace because that song is sung so often mm. um, in public situations and it's about transformation. You all know the story? <clears throat> John yes, Newton, but share it just uh, in case others It's an don't. important story. Mm -hmm. John Newton was a slaver, a captain of a slave ship, and he uh, went to... Africa picked up a, a shipload of slaves to bring back to America, and halfway across the Atlantic Ocean, he got into a huge storm, and the story is that he fell on his knees on the deck and promised that he would turn around and take all the slaves back if his God would save his ship. And the ship was saved, and everybody was saved, and he turned the ship around, took back all the people to their tribal home in Africa, and then went on to become an ab abolitionist. So that song is really important to mm -hmm. all sing together, mm -hmm. I think. Could, could you sing it? We all could. Yeah. <coughs> Absolutely. I assume you don't say whatever. Yes. No, I do, I do say wretch. <laughs> and here's why I say wretch. Because he was a wretch. He had to acknowledge that he was a wretch in order to experience that transformation. You can say soul if you like, but I say wretch with conviction. <laughs> um, let's go right to all kinds of parts. Let's uh, puppy. Amazing grace, how sweet. 
Do you see how it's, it's a human leaning to want to sing and to want to be with a room full of people that we may or may not know very well and to let this happen? I think it's really profound. I'm staking my life on it. <laughs> and I note that you sing, especially there, but throughout, you sing very quietly. And I, I know vocally that's hard to do. You're right. That's the hardest. You know, right. belting it out is, is easier yep. physically as a singer. And, and so I talk about that a little bit. I can imagine why it might be, but I bet there's more than I can imagine. Well, imagine a, a mom holding a baby, and there's that baby's ear right there, and there's my mouth. Mm -hmm. That's the optimum distance that says, I really care about you. I really am committed in this moment to what we're sharing together. Um, to me, it's, uh, it's a declaration of mm. uh, willingness to put, put my body right where it is. Mm -hmm. And... and uh, We've just started, uh, you notice we started with a single voice and then went to part, uh, mm -hmm. then went to unison and then to parts. Um, that's new. But I think uh, a gentle quality is really important. And what, what we think we're doing is making kindness audible. Mm -hmm. And kindness to me is a soft voice. And you're right, it's really hard. It, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of practice, a lot of work. But it, it does feel different. Mm -hmm. The quality of the music is fundamentally different. Well, and we couldn't blend quiet. the way we aspire mm -hmm. to blend and sometimes achieve it if we were singing loud. Mm -hmm. I want to ask um, Kathy, Tracy, Karen, Jane, Therese, and Susie if, if there's anything that I've left out from your experience that you'd like to make sure all these wonderful people know. I think uh, Susie can speak to the pain clinic because that's something oh, yeah. that I don't know if it's touched on too much. It puts you in. Pain clinic? Pain clinic. Okay. Yeah, we, there's a, uh, Kaiser has a pro chronic pain program um, nationally, and I, will, I attended, and we have uh, part times when we meditate, and for about an hour and a half, and I asked the psychologist who ran it, um, we always listen to NPR together, 
So we're always getting, and we just happen to have listened to the same information about how music and meditation hits the, hits our bodies and our minds and connects, makes the same connections. And I said, I happened to, because I'm the person in Napa who got, does the uh, intakes, I said, I just happened to have this. And I gave her my card and I asked if we could come and sing. And what has happened with the pain clinic in Vallejo is that it's become a model for um, other Kaiser uh, and other chronic pain groups uh, to start using music in their medi meditation parts because people have literally said, um, we've been doing it for almost eight months now, um, and we, you'll just go once a month, and people have literally said that they get more pain relief from our singing, and we sing for about 40 minutes. And there's anywhere from four to six, eight of us. There's, it's, it's, and it's a larger group of people we usually sing to. And everyone's lying down. There's people with MS, there's people with no legs, there's people who are, I mean, every level of pain. Wow. And people mm -hmm. will attest uh, to a person. And once they figure out that we're that they don't have to clap and that they don't have to, you know, once they get that part figured out, we walk. We now walk in uh, quietly with the room dark. Everyone with their pillows, blankets, and we sing. And we what a wonderful experience! Yeah, and we walk out ooing. Yeah. And they stay not talking for about five, ten minutes after we leave. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. A recent bedside um, reminded me that this is also part of our service. Or singing for this woman and her three sons were there. Two of her sons were there physically, and one was skyping with us. And um, we sang and sang, and they appreciated it so much, and said when we left, what a nice thing it was that we gave them one last thing to all do together, mm -hmm. um, to listen to the music mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there, you know, there are so many things like that that we can't plan. You know, they just these beautiful miracles happen. I remember earlier this year. We sang for a woman, and while we were singing, she took her last breath. And, you know, I mean, that's the work for you. It happens. Um, but it was so beautiful. And we, the singers, once we were done with our session of singing, went out to the parking lot. You know, we held each other, and we debriefed. Um, and I don't know, we must have been there a fair amount of time, uh, because the son came out um, and thanked us. And he said, you know, not only did you bring this, you know, sacredness and, you know, beautiful presence to her end of life, but you gave us all something to focus on, so I didn't have to take care of all the other people in the room oh, and make yeah. sure they were doing okay. Yeah. I could just focus oh. on you and your mom. Oh. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah. and so, this work we do is so much bigger than us. Mm -hmm. yeah. just, it continues to amaze mm -hmm. and bring miracles into all of our lives. At the National Gathering, um, one of the workshops was called um, Bedside Stories. And you sort of, so you're thinking of goodnight stories, but mm -hmm. these were all stories like you're hearing, where um, miracle and wonder was just in all of them, and laughter too, but the, uh, the, the bedside stories shared by the different um, threshold choir members are just remarkable. And... Um, 
I, I had two, one experience I wasn't present for, but, but a, a neat thing that happened was using the sister website, or the, the Threshold Choir website, um, I, was, I had a friend who had a friend, so this is a person I didn't even know, in hospice care in, in Wairika. And, and, I, and I said, I wonder if she could use singing, and the friend said, oh, absolutely, she loves singing. So I go onto the website and find that the closest choir is Ashland, Oregon. But, but I'm provided with the contacts for that, so I call up an unknown person in Ashland, Oregon, who's the choir leader there, who then gathered together a group of women who didn't, didn't know me, didn't know the person who was passing, um, drove an hour to be at the hospice facility in Wairika, and by the report of this woman's daughter, this, the, the singing for this woman allowed her to release the many different connections that she had. She had been, during the previous week, she'd been receiving all the people coming to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. and, and I can imagine it would be hard to just kind of realize, oh, that's right, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. um, so apparently, this this one sing, singing uh, occasion allowed her to pass peacefully, and she did in a couple a couple of days. So there 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 are many wonderful things, and and I'm, the other thing I just want to emphasize is how healing and helpful it is to the singer. I find myself I I actually I, I'm singing the songs in my sleep. I wake up singing them at times of stress. They always come to me. So I thank, thank the Threshold Choir for that, because mm -hmm. it's wonderful. How long has each of you been doing this? How long have you been involved with Threshold Choir? I joined about seven years ago, uh -huh. when Kate was still coming to each of the choirs twice a week, driving twice a month. over the, twice a month. <laughs> twice a month. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking about how um, I was looking for a place to sing, because I love to sing, where I could be useful, too. And when I heard about the Threshold Choir, it just seemed to really speak to me. Every rehearsal, I cried. Every song spoke to me so deeply, not just about death, but about life and about relationships and connections. And so it was probably at least a year or so before I felt the strength and I discovered enough about my relationship with death and the people that I know who have died to really feel the strength that I could sit by a bedside and sing to somebody without really falling apart. And um, the tears are okay, as you said, little by little, but not gushing. We've learned that. It's a, it's a discipline we've learned. Is, is that a typical thing that someone will sing with the choir for a while before going out to be with someone else? Yeah. To, to do your own work and your own, get your own sense of, of balance. We have a loose process of progression towards bedside singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question more about just the singing for grief. And if the words in the songs take a different tone or sound for grief. And also, for all the choir members, I'm kind of interested, how has it been to sing when you are actively grieving? Or have you had to take time away from the choir if you have had a close loved one die? 
Well, I know two of you have had, three of you have had, uh, oh, four of <laughs> just about everybody. Yeah, uh, we all in the choir have had um, profound losses while we've been doing this work. Um, I'll let somebody else answer. I've had different experiences with that. Um, I sang to a friend of mine, a colleague who was dying of cancer. Um, I thought I wouldn't be able to do it, being, you know, I knew her in life, and now I knew her in death. And I had to do a lot of deep breathing at the bedside, and, um, and very um, intentional connecting with the people that I sang with as support. Um, if I found that I couldn't reach a note because I was getting choked up, I would just stop, let the others go on or, or hum or something that wasn't quite as much. Um, I've taken a break. When my own mother died, I had to take a few months of not singing because it was, it did bring up a lot for me. But it was also very, very healing and very comforting to know that um, that I could bring some sort of joy and closure to, to people who were suffering and who were, who were at the end of life. And we do some of our best work for each other's loved ones. I know the mm -hmm. choir sang for your dad, Susie. Yeah, it was, <coughs> and oddly, I didn't, I, it was really wonderful. And I, I was part of it it was cathartic being there and being able to, um, someone, someone said that earlier, uh, uh, about their being a cocoon of love and being able to just be there with Papa while, <coughs> while singing songs that I you know, knew forwards and backwards, and, but I didn't know, that, I just knew that there was this surrounding, uh, I was being held. I felt I was being held, and, and that that my pop, my dad was at that, at that same point where he was um, uh, not comfortable and not com you know physically nothing was working, and the music worked, the music calmed him, and I didn't take much of a break because I found actually I've been blessed to be at four four bedsides when people have died while we've been there, and. There were uh, the notes that we get back in the, the moments, um, the, the two precious tears that came at the very last bedside that we sang to, you know, I, got, I started singing before the choir came because I didn't know she was going to, to last that long. So I was singing while they came in and they started singing with me and we saw her last two tears and, and it was just... But my, my, I felt that my, my dad was with me, and I was with him, and it just brought that unity of the experience, mm -hmm. the combination of empathy and cathartic. I've often found that um, <coughs> I have a lot of friends and relatives who live on the other side of the country, so I haven't been able to always go to funerals and memorial services or to go to the bedside. And I find 
I sing the songs to myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as, as mm -hmm. comfort to me. Mm -hmm. We'll also sing these songs over the phone to someone and we'll Skype. Um, I'm willing to use any technology that carries the message. Pat. I was just wondering what the requirements are to be part of the choir and how you apply. You need to be able to carry a tune. <laughs> you need to be able to hold your part with others or be sincerely wanting to learn. You need to be able to blend your voice with others or sincerely want to learn. You need to be able to communicate kindness with your voice. Um, all you have to do is say, I'd like to join. <laughs> yes? Well, to what you said about um, the importance of closeness, uh, it made me think of um, my now three-year-old grandson. When he's really tired and, and uh, you know, fratchy, um, Sometimes I, I, if I hold him like this and and just ohm, mm -hmm. and and I think it's not only the um, the sound but the vibration through Absolutely. my body. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 it calms him down. And sometimes he'd fall asleep. Sometimes we both fall asleep. <laughs> and it, it, sure. uh, it just feels so good. Yeah. Oh, well, can you imagine what a full body contact? For this little body, on okay. all of your resonation, all because yeah. all of here is just—he yeah. loves it. Oh, <laughs> how great! He'll have that memory in his body for a long time. One more, um, one more person to be sung to before we end. We have fifteen yeah. minutes. A couple more minutes. Thank you. Would anybody who's not a choir member like to join me in one of these chairs? Pat, you want to try? Yeah, I have one problem. I can't carry it too. Uh, <laughs> Unless I can't I'm singing either. with it, people. Actually, <laughs> and the reason to... is because when I was fourth grade in Catholic school, <laughs> my sister said to me, "Don't sing, Pat. You cannot sing." Threshold choir t-shirts that say, Kate says I can sing. <laughs> 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 row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Life is but a dream. Gently down the stream.
<laughs> Why don't you stay, stay where you are? I think it's really important to notice that people really do go someplace, and it's, it's, a, it, it's in and it's away. And they often don't want to come back. Um, and we do a tremendous amount of um, fruitful waiting. And, and uh, creative enjoying silence together. One of the ways we do that is at the end of every song, it's my practice to try and remember to sing the song one last time to myself silently. It creates um, that kind of silence that is not uncomfortable and it's um, a great way to share a very peaceful moment. I don't remember to do it every time. Anything else you want to tell us? I think, um, I think it's the first time I've had something like this. I've had times where people sang songs to me, a person. Uh-huh. But it's coming from one direction. But especially when everybody joined in, it was really resonating from all over. Uh-huh. And it was a very different... I mean, I've heard choirs and been to performances when I've been in audience and a bunch of people are lined up somewhere far from me. But this is like everybody all around in all directions. Mm-hmm. Very different and much more intimate um, feeling. And much more pervasive. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an all-body experience. You're not listening all with your ears. You're listening with the hair on your arms and the, the your liquid that's vibrating yeah. as yeah. the... Waves the combination hit. of that and the singing being soft, because with singing, everybody tries to sing loud. It's considered <laughs> better. Right. <laughs> but you can't listen and sing loud at the same time. And so much of what we want to do is really listen, really listen deeply. Thank you. Thank you. And Pat passed the audition, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally fine in the choir to sit next to a strong singer until you are confident. Mm-hmm. Um, that's totally fine. You're welcome. Well, Kate, thank you. My pleasure. And thank you to everyone from the Threshold Choir who's come to join us and to all of our guests. We're glad to have had you with us. And May I offer an we, alternative to uh, clapping? Yes. In the choir, we, we don't clap very often because it breaks things up so much. Mm-hmm. What I like to offer as a way of gratitude is a shiver. <laughs> so I would love to receive your, gra- your grateful shiver. <laughs> Thank you. It's an honor Thank to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we won't clap. <laughs> Thank you.